Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, here with February's first episode. So I wasn't sure what I wanted to do this episode on. I recently interviewed uh, Egypt Ernash, a.k.a. Margaret Troth, the creator of the Silicon Dawn Tarot, but I need some time to tweak the audio on that interview and really you know, gather my thoughts about a good deck review of the Silicon Dawn so that will be next episode. So stay tuned for that mid-month. Um, until then, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do February's episode on. And I realized that we're about to have Valentine's Day. And whether you're single or not, Valentine's Day at least is a cultural zeitgeist. Um, I always liked Valentine's Day. Personally, even when I didn't have a romantic partner, um, I liked celebrating it with my friends and doing something special for them. Um, I was thinking that this episode would kind of be like a, a self-love, love of others, let's talk about love, and maybe some sex, definitely love episode. Um, there's, there's some overlap, I feel, of the witchcraft world and the self-care world. Um, sometimes in really good ways and sometimes in kind of damaging ways. So some feelings on that that we're going to unpack. Uh, we're going to chat about love spells and oils and all that good stuff. And I guess I'll, I don't know, ramble like usual. You all seem to like that. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast, uh, whether this is your first one or your 40 plus one. Um, really makes my day when I get an email from someone or, you know, chat with people on Patreon or doesn't, you don't have to give me money. I just, I like knowing that there's people listening to this. So thank you. Anyway, um, Valentine's Day, as, as I mentioned, something I've always liked to celebrate whether or not I've had a romantic partner, generally had someone in my life. Um, it's just the kind of person that I am. Um, not like, oh my God, I can't be alone. I'm actually very, very independent and do my own thing regularly, whether or not I'm in a relationship. But um, I just, I have a lot of people in my life and I sometimes plan to be single and it just doesn't work out. That hasn't really been an issue for the last decade though. So make of that what you will. Because um, I've been with my now husband for over 10 years. Um, but yeah, so Valentine's Day on my mind has me thinking a lot about a lot of what we do with love for ourselves and others in magic and tarot, for that matter. Um, you know, one thing that, to, to just kind of do the tarot thing real quick, because I think I'm not going to focus on tarot as much as other kinds of magic this episode. One thing that I like to see in reimaginings of tarot decks is what the lover's card looks like. It's really cool to have reimagined lovers that are more diverse. Um, it's really helpful to see relationships that are not just white and straight in tarot decks. It's super important because, you know, we're looking at symbols that are uh, meant to spark a response in us. I was talking about this, and, and you'll hear me chat about this. I don't know if I... Um, got to that in the interview portion or just the chatting portion when I was talking to uh, Egypt Ernash, who goes by many names, 
Um, but something that I have some issue with, and I think I've discussed this when discussing diverse decks before, is when the decks that are kind of popular with, if not outright marketed to queer communities, um, focus on non-human symbolism, animals, other kinds of symbology. I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock it. Um, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, a lot of people have really, really strong affinities with animals, furries, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that it should be an and and not an instead of. I think that I would care a lot less about having decks be explicitly LGBT, explicitly racially diverse, if we didn't just have if we had enough of them, it, it's like movies, you know, um, it's not enough to just have really sad, you know, coming of age, coming out, dying because you're gay stories. It's not enough to just have the only black person in the horror film get killed. Like you need to no, it, that that's tokenization. It's not cool. Um, that being said, uh, I'm definitely not knocking any tarot deck. Like I, the wild unknown is really popular among a lot of my friends who are very not straight. Um, and I like it too. I, I've come to like it a lot more than I previously did. Um, still don't like the cups at all, actually. Well, not most of them. Anyway, um, I, you know, I, I like these decks. I'm glad that they exist. There's a place in the Pantheon, but I like seeing representation that's otherwise, um, there's a tarot deck I have on order right now called the Next World Tarot that I'm super excited about. And the lover's card in that is is kind of a self-love card. Um, and I really like that too. I like that as a take. So um, I'll, I'll be doing a deck review of that deck for sure, probably in March. Probably. Um, but yeah, it's it's an important thing, I feel, to have that kind of representation in our decks and be able to pick out significators. One thing I really like about the Under the Roses Lenormand is that there are multiple uh, man and woman cards uh, with different races represented. Um, so you can kind of customize your reading a little bit. Um, I like that quite a bit. Although it's still kind of problematic with, you know, non-binary, but I think that we can kind of adjust our thinking sometimes and maybe uh I but that's actually one thing I like about the seventh sphere in Lenormand, it's anima and animus, um which is cool. Anyway, way off topic. Um see so, yeah, so that, that's kind of my, my Valentine's thoughts on tarot. Oh, and not just the lovers, the two of cups as well. Um, Two of Cups is like the relationship card. Two of Cups, Ten of Cups, maybe Ten of Pence. Um, there's a few others. Those are those are the big ones that stick out to me as as couple cards. Um, I do like the Welcome to Night Vale Tarot because it has a uh, Cecil and Carlos holding hands for the Two of Cups. So I think that's cute. Um, but yeah, that's that's my tarot take. Um, now, let's, let's get spicy and talk about some love spells. Um, 
yes, the the adage is, you know, don't do love spells. It'll go terribly. And like most of us, if I would say most of us probably listening have uh, seen practical magic, like we see how well that goes. Um, if you haven't seen practical magic, by the way, I do recommend it. Um, it's a little white, but it's not nearly as problematic as a lot of other older films. Uh, it really stands up to the test of time. The book is pretty good, too. It's been a lo much longer time since I've read the book than since I've last seen the movie. So um, I can't vouch for the book being super not problematic. It's Again, it's been a minute. Um, but the, the movie is great. Um, yeah, I feel like... I feel like it's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of the people who say don't hex say don't do love spells, which fine, I can kind of see a logic there. But then you get people who are okay with hexing and who still don't think you should do love spells. And I'm like, wait a second. If we're, if we're going to be, you know, going for morally broke here, what's, what's the distinction? I will say that I don't see a lot of utility in love spells that are designed to draw someone to you against their will. Putting aside whether or not I feel like that's even possible, um, I, uh, I definitely feel an affinity to the skeptic card that Egypt Dernash is working on, um, which you'll hear much more about in my next episode. I'm sorry, I probably should have just reversed the order, but I was so excited, and then I didn't get the file fixed up in time. Um, but it, it's coming. It's coming in a couple weeks. Anyway. Um, yeah, putting aside whether or not it's even possible to use magic to compel someone to do something completely outside of their will, um, you also don't want to just compel someone. I don't even like asking people for compliments, let alone thinking that I've compelled their entire relationship with me. So there's that. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of workings that you can do in the realm of love spells that are no more problematic than any other spell. Um, I've been looking through the uh, the 40 Servants Guides a lot more lately. Believe it or not, I've been working with the 40 for quite a bit of time now, and I never really looked at too many of their pages in depth. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on each card. I feel like Tommy Kelly's drawings are abundantly clear. And I, uh, you know, just never really availed myself of all of the resources. So I was, I was poking around recently. Um, I've been offering more 40 servants readings for people and, you know, just figured I would give myself some refresher. And I decided to poke over to one of the more problematic uh, servants pages, the Fixer. I love the Fixer. Fixer and I are homies. Um, but, you know, he's kind of misunderstood or maligned, um, something that I think Tommy mentioned specifically in the, the guide page for the fixer. Um, if not in the guide page, it's definitely come up in the group, but I'm like 95% sure and certain it's on the guide page is the idea that when you're asking the fixer for help with something, um, you have to be aware that there's a price. And the price may not be something that you pay. It might be something someone else has to pay. You ask the fixer for a promotion. Are you okay with the person who has that job at this moment 
you know, getting sick, getting fired, um, to probably not dying, but, you know, God forbid they keel over and you get that position. Like, are you okay with the feeling like you might have created that? Um, I think that's a lot of how we have to approach a lot of love spells in that way. Um, are you okay with the idea that whatever you do, you might have to think about it as having been something that you, you compelled? Um, and that being said, again, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with going and doing a love spell. Um, but there's different kinds too. There's spells that you do on yourself to make yourself more attractive um, even if you do that with a specific person in mind that's still something that you're doing to yourself and it still requires some critical thinking and some knowledge of what this person likes I don't think it would be a very useful spell to do with someone that you've never really interacted with um, I could be wrong you know if, if that's if that's something you feel like doing uh, feel free to do it and come back to me uh, there's spells that you can do to strengthen your bond with your, your current partner. Um, I think those are great, honestly, especially if you're going through a tough time and you go into it with good intentions, not binding them to you, blah, 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 but like doing something to, again, to, to strengthen your bond, to smooth things over, to get through a tough time. And, you know, uh, this is my perspective of magic. This is the kind of magic that I do. But I think that you should always make sure that you're backing up your magical workings with mundane practices, uh, mundane effort. You know, you, you, do, you do a spell to, to bond you and your partner closer, or partners closer together. You should then, you know, if you're fighting you should go apologize. If you are feeling like you guys are distant, you should message them or call them or go hug them. Um, you know, I, a, lot of, a lot of magic is responsibility. Um, not just taking responsibility for the workings that you do, but just taking responsibility for yourself and your actions and their outcomes as a whole. And... That's all part and parcel, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, so I really, I really don't think there's anything particularly wrong about doing a, a love spell or a sex spell. Um, and you know, a lot of people do sex magic. It's not something I'm going to discuss in a lot of depth in this podcast for a variety of reasons. I like to keep myself relatively work safe. Um, it's also not something I do a whole lot of. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why I, I don't feel the need to explore that, um, but I don't, um, but a lot of people do, and, you know, for, for people who charge sigils with orgasms, whether by themselves or with another person, people who, who do sex magic, um, you know, whether it's a very Wiccan great right kind of thing, or whether it's a, a much more personal kind of off-the-cuff kind of deal. Um, sex is something that's very powerful. Even if you don't, you know, view it as some kind of sacred bond, whatever, whatever, between whatever, whatever. You know, it's, 
it's still an important urge and drive. And even if you're not someone who feels that it is, even if it's not something that's important to you, it's also very important to a lot of other people. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind if you're, if you're working with this stuff. Um, in my all-time favorite uh, book series, it's highly problematic, but I love it anyway. It's called The Black Jewels Trilogy by Anne Bishop. Um, well, there is the everything has a price motto that comes up a bajillion times. But the thing that I'm specifically thinking of is one of the major characters is an assassin named Surreal. Yes, I named my kitten after an assassin prostitute. Um, so yes, yeah, she's an assassin uh, with a background as a prostitute and does these things concurrently for a good while. Um, and something that she does is she will lure her targets and have sex with them and tie a spell into their orgasm so that when they do something that gets them in a similar state, whether it's another orgasm, whether they're where they just get their heart rate up while they're running for something and they're anxious, you know, boom, death spell. Um, it's, it's a really neat thing and it, it really does go to kind of showcase the um, power of, you know, of, of orgasm, of sex, of, of those heightened states. Um, so yeah, some food for thought there if you're thinking of exploring any sex magic. Um, also, I feel it's important to say, generally speaking, I think that you should get consent when you are doing any kind of sex magic with another person, particularly if you're doing something to another person. If if you're, and I, I'm not saying like, again, sometimes sometimes a, an experience, a sexual or not, is just mystical and magical and, and I've definitely cast many an accidental spell in my time, um, not through sex necessarily, but just in general, whether I've, I've made a sigil to use later and it kind of just goes boom right then, um, or I've, I've, you know, said something and I've kind of just set an emotion, um, you know, yes, I'm, I'm not saying you can always plan for it, but if you are planning to do some kind of sex magic, I, I do think that you probably should inform your partner or partners that you're going to be doing it, especially if you're using any of their fluids. Um, that's a, it's a tricky thing though. I mean, this is where we get into some, some really nitty gritty issues with like, you know, if it's, if there's abuse, you know, it's, um, it, it's definitely a, a gray area, I think. Um, but my, my take is generally consent good, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. So yeah, I would, um, I would definitely, you know, if you do, you know, accidentally do a thing, eh, whether or not you're, you're trying to um, I don't know. That's, that's just my take. Um, I do acknowledge that there's definitely times and places where you need to just do what you got to do. I've done plenty of my, 
own, um, you know, magic that has affected or impacted other people. And, you know, I haven't asked, I haven't asked permission. I've done, done stuff that needed to do for survival. Um, and I would do every single one of those things again if I had to. I mostly just make sure that I don't have to um, as best as I can. But it's always something to think about there. Um, by the way, this is not where I thought this episode was going to go. And here we are. Um, I think I think the, the reason that I'm so kind of hung up on the idea of consent with sex magic is just the, the intimacy of sex. Um, you know, there's a lot of magic that we can do to, with, for, about people in our lives, you know. And yes, there's a lot of traditions that use hair or nail trimmings or you know, other personal effects of, of a person to to do things. Um, now, obviously, you're not going to ask for someone's consent before you hex them. But I do think that sex in general is, is not something that we should be doing anything underhanded with. Um, I also don't like to read cards on behalf of people or do magical workings for people without letting them know that I'm doing them. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who don't share my spiritual beliefs. They have very strong religious convictions and doing a spell for them as much as I think it would be helpful. They would not want to be tainted by that and that to them that may make their god or gods angry. So, um, I don't do it for them. Um, I, you know, it's also a little different. I feel like if your partner is very aware that you're a witch, first, if your partner is, is very not aware, um, I don't think you need to be doing any sex magic to keep them with you. I think you need to be doing other kinds of magic to get yourself stable enough to get away from them. Um, if you're so scared to let your partner know or your partner is disdainful or, you know, outright hostile about it. Anyway, I was not expecting that discourse to pop up in this episode, um, but I think it was an important one to have. So there we are. And while I kind of brought us, accidentally segued into the self-care aspect of this, um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I love Valentine's Day even when I didn't have a partner. Um, love getting Valentine's for all the kids in my class. I still do weird crap like that when I do things like get cookies to everyone in my job. But, um, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I, I loved going out with my friends. I had a couple of very memorable Valentines where I, that I spent with my friends and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, so... If you are by yourself this Valentine's, I think that you should absolutely romance yourself for a day. I think that you should treat yourself. I think that you should make yourself feel really good. Dress up special for yourself. Or maybe not special. Dress up how you like to dress as well. That's that's another thing. But being special about it is always a nice way to go, I feel. Um, and if you're single, especially if you really don't want to be, I do think that turning it around and doing something good for yourself is A, going to help you and B, probably going to make your field a little bit wider. I'm, I'm not trying to be really glib and say, well, if you just love yourself, someone else will. 
No, that's not how that works, and I'm not trying to say that's how it works. However, especially the older we all get, um, I you know you could be 17 listening to my podcast, although this episode is going to have a content warning for some adult content. Um, so hopefully you paid attention to that. If you didn't, that's not my fault. I tried. Um, or, you know, you could be like 60, 70, 80. I don't know. I don't know how old you are. Um, but I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. And the older I get, the less room I have in my life for people who are broken, stubborn, and refuse to accept help that is available. Um, I have a very traumatic past, personally. I internalized a lot of really terrible things that I was still kind of doing up until my very early 20s. Um, I also started binge eating. I was a pack and a half a day smoker, just drinking really inappropriately. Um, and, you know, yes, I could use all of that as an excuse. And I still carry a lot of, you know, baggage with me to this day. Um, I haven't lived with my parents in, uh, almost 11 years. Um, both of my parents have passed away, but you know, the, I, I do still have that baggage. I'm not always perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying anyone should be perfect, but there's a big difference between someone who realizes that they have, you know, toxic traits, behaviors, mental illness that might lead them to make some occasionally very toxic choices. Um, someone who realizes this and is working on it and someone who's not. Um, so I feel like I really, I really do feel like the, the more that you take care of yourself, the more that you will be able to have a healthy relationship with someone else that you won't accept an unhealthy relationship as readily as when you were really unhealthy yourself. Um, and I know that when someone is unrepentantly toxic and doesn't really show any signs of working on it, I, I don't have energy for those people in my life right now. I love them. Um, but there's, there's definitely people I've had to kind of phase out or keep at arm's length because I don't have that room right now. I can't, I have to take care of myself. I'm, I'm putting in the work on myself and, um, none of us are obligated to do that work for someone else. But I do think that we have a, we owe ourselves better if nothing else. And when, when you, again, when you start working on yourself, and I've noticed this over the last year and change, um, since I've been going to therapy, actually, I noticed that my boundaries are a lot better. I treat myself better. Um, I don't always, I don't, I don't know if I even quite love myself, but I take care of myself now. Um, and 
know, that's, that's another addendum that I would like to add to this episode. This came up in um, one of my witchy groups recently. Um, be careful about doing a lot of magic, especially intense magic, like hexes, sex magic, big personal undertakings to completely change a big habit in your life. Um, even small things, but especially big things. Just be very careful doing them if you are not in a stable place yourself. You know, there's a lot of stories about down-on-their-luck people doing desperate things and going wild. And yes, those stories can be impressive, but I think it's better to set up your life in such a way that you are not having to do those last ditch efforts as much as you can. Um, and again, there are there are totally circumstances. I'm not I'm not trying to say that there's always going to be circumstances where that you can get yourself out of just bootstrap your way out. No, I'm not saying that. I want to make that very clear. Um, but you know, let's let's say that you are trapped in a really bad living situation where you know you you can't leave you don't have a job you're you're sick you have kids whatever and you're stuck with it in a toxic environment maybe you can't go all out with the witchcraft maybe you'll get kicked out of your house if you get discovered there's nothing wrong with not doing it if you can't there's nothing wrong with doing it and scaling it to what you can do um part of self-care and not just bubble bath self-care, but like real self-care, like taking your meds, eating your vegetables, going to therapy, getting some fresh air, making sure that you are monitoring your body for, you know, actual problems, um, that kind of self-care. And part of that self-care, as far as magic goes, I really think is letting yourself know when you can't handle doing something right now. Um so maybe the self-care that you might need to do for February is taking a step back. But maybe that is anointing a candle with some attraction oil. Maybe it's anointing yourself with some attraction oil. Maybe it's having a really good sex magic session. Maybe it's doing, I don't know, like whatever, whatever is working for you. But doing something this month with love whatever your definition of it is as your intention, whether it's geared towards yourself or someone else, I think is really powerful. And it doesn't have to be reserved for strictly romantic love. But if you want it to be, it can be. And I think that's awesome. Um, so this is probably one of my weirder episodes. Uh, I wonder what the reception will be. Um, thank you for listening as always. Uh, I platonically love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, uh, you know, again, I love emails. Please email me. I'm antifragiletarot at gmail.com. And I will get back to you. Um, might take me a couple of weeks at the outside because school started, but we'll get back to you. Um, if you have ideas for future podcasts. I'm all ears. So hit me up. Um, I also have a Patreon. 
$1 a month gets you a discount code for my Etsy, entrance into my Discord, and if you get 5 or $10 a month, you get one to three free readings a year, depending on the tier, um, and the Discord access and even better Etsy discount codes. 20 bucks a month gets you a three-card monthly reading from me, plus a couple of other bigger readings throughout the year. So uh, that, that did change recently. Um, I think it's a little more manageable, and I think you're still getting some good value out of it, plus you're supporting this podcast and what I do. So thanks. Um, if you want a one-off reading, uh, you can go to my Etsy. At, I'm Anti-Fragile Tarot on Etsy as well. And I will be running a special through a little bit after Valentine's Day. So uh, that's going to be a good time to get a reading from me. I'll, I'll just have a flat sale on all of my readings. Um, you can just enjoy that. It seems to work out better than the codes at a big influx of January readings, which was cool but stressful, but mostly cool. Um, and I am Antifragile Tarot, one word, on Instagram. Antifragile Tarot, two words, on Facebook. I'm Antifragile Card on Twitter. Uh, I've been using Twitter a little bit more frequently. We'll see if I keep that up. I don't anticipate doing so. Um, so yeah, thank you again for listening. Well, again, whether this is your first episode or your 41st or 42nd, I don't even know what I'm on. I'll figure it out when I end up uh, saving this episode. Right? Worst podcaster ever? All right. Thank you so much. Uh, stay tuned next episode for that amazing Tarot of the Silicon Dawn deck review plus interview. Real coup for me in 2019, um, and I think a really cool treat for all of you. Take care, have a witchy and or wonderful day and week, and uh, if you're listening to this when it comes out, I hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, no matter what you do with it. Goodbye!